So for today's word of the day, it's going to be Vox Inarama, which is a phrase. <laughs> oh. <laughs> have you heard of this before? I have not, sir. I have not. It is actually a part of history. So let me give you some history lesson. Ooh. In 1233, Pope Gregory IX issued a public decree that officially associated cats with witchcraft and more specifically Satan. So this is where that comes from. The whole cats and witches come from. Cats were stigmatized for their unapologetic independence and seen as creatures aligned with all things evil. From the 15th to 18th century, cats were killed along with witches. Black cats were especially feared. And even today, black cats are less likely to be adopted and they run a higher risk of being tortured or killed due to backwards thinking. So yes, this is a PSA to love and respect the black cats, especially. I've always wanted a black cat. I almost got one once, but it was so eager to like escape that I was like, if I adopt this thing, it's just going to try to run away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you haven't even read that? Wait, what are you doing with the book? So he has the confidence to finish the story. Hear now the words of the witches. This is Kevin, and welcome to Words of the Witches, the Charmed podcast that will guide you through the lesser-known published material in the Charmed universe and decide how it fits into the grand narrative of the TV series. What's up, Kevin? I just want to say thank you so much for all the love and support you've shown the House of Hallowell, Holly B. Can I... It's one of the great joys of our professional lives thus far, and we are absolutely loving getting to dive deep into the Charmed universe, kind of like what you're doing with the Words of Witches uh, podcast as well. You do and cover so much and are truly like an aficionado and an authority on all things Charmed. So thank you for help keeping the magic alive. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you supporting the show, for supporting the show. Uh, we're so grateful uh, you make this possible. So welcome to Words of the Witches, episode 78. I am Kevin, your resident charmed resource. And I'm Sean, and I just love comic books. <laughs> My friend Steven suggested that we have a Fuck Me Daddy Satan design in the merch store. <laughs> <laughs> So okay. I guess that's something to work on. <laughs> I'm glad and people are uh, liking Fuck Me Daddy Satan. That's come up. They really times. do. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's right up there with Back at the Manor, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then we do have some poll results. Do you remember what it was? Oh, here's here's your transition in Marvelous Galaxy style. Speaking of fucking Daddy Satan and large poles. <laughs> there you go. Beautiful. There you go. Um, let's see. So the last question we had was, oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it was about Lucky Charms. Oh, yeah. What uh, what marshmallow would you be? And I was rainbow because I have a gay ass voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was heart. By my powers mm-hmm. combined, I was hurt. We got a few responses. Ian Shea, 28, says, Rainbow, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> a man after my heart. <laughs> yep. And Sarah Rux, 1987 says, Blue Moon, it just feels like it's more me than Rainbow, even though I'm a member of the latter. Okay, okay. 
and then Hayden.mdp7 says Blue Moon, mainly because it reminds me of Stevie Nicks. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> and then Legion Ivory says Blue Moon for sure. So Blue Moon is very popular. Yeah. Maybe it's because of that amazing episode about the Blue Moon. <laughs> Maybe. You left me standing alone, Blue Moon. We did get a very in-depth response from Aaron. He says, the star, because his name means son of light, um, and stars have elements of fire, exploding gas, and water, hydrogen atoms, and I love to perform and provide joy to others through shimmering spectacle, and when you wish upon a star, I love making people's wishes come true. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Yay. Yay. But Silence! Let's get into this comic. So this is Season 10, Issue 3, The Perks of Being a White Lighter. This was published December 10th, 2014, written by Pat Shand, artwork by Aliza Feliz, coloring by Valentina Cuomo, letters by Jim Campbell, edited by Paul Ruditis, and cover by David Seidman. And this is Pat, one of Pat's favorite covers, as he said on our interview. Would you like to talk about it? Sure, it's beautiful. It's a very good likeness of Rose McGowan's page. And it's interesting because it's very dark. And the shadows, the cats are the shadows in a way. Like one of the cats seems to kind of paint the picture of uh, Paige's hair. But she's got these black cats with, showing, with glowing eyes all around her. There's seven cats in total. So that seems to be a magical number they've chosen it to of amount of cats. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's a beautiful image. I mean, so for a drawing, this is spot on Rose and it's gorgeous. And the cats are cute and they have like, they have a enigma to them, like a scary magic to them, but also like a comfort to them. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I wonder if that's much like death. Hmm. 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 <laughs> I'm seeing the signs, the shadows. Oh, okay, cool. So the first page, we're at Knox Academy on the outside, and we hear, you know, what is this place? It's Knox Academy, a neutral alternative to magic school. And I remember I got really mad that Paige suggested that magic school was neutral too. And here we see that it truly is neutral because we have like demons. <laughs> and weird animals and stuff in a waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> it's very odd. And it's weird to see. See, and this goes against, too, how they say demons don't have emotion or they can't love because these seem to be very docile demons. True. But yeah, so we have we see Leo and Cole sitting in the waiting room with these demons. We have a fuck me daddy Satan in his... <laughs> Suit his shirt and tie, checking his watch. I think he's so sexy to me. <laughs> this is so is he? Wow. I have a bit of a suit fetish. Okay. <laughs> um, so classy dress and stuff. I mean, he's got a little bit of a dad bod, but I don't care. He's got like this red demon Satan thing, and he's just sitting there with his shirt and tie. And I just want to unzip his hands. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> It would be hot to take him doggy and like grab on his horns and use them as like an extra push to really get That's in there. What I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, what's with the story? The story is happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story? What? <laughs> so Leo and Cole are there and they're there to get information on the ancient Athame because they think Montgomery Knox can help them. 
and so they're sitting there. Leo's just kind of like pouting. He's got his he's resting his head on his hand. <laughs> and Cole's like, why don't we just go to magic school? Prue said you're writing the show over there. He's like, well, I don't keep information on an all-powerful weapon in a student library, talking about the ancient anthem. And I'm like, mm, I got, put that in your canonical hat, because that's a lie. <laughs> uh, so he's like, yeah, I thought this was a myth. And Cole's like, until today. And then they get called up, and then he, they're like, yes, the headmaster will see you now. And then Cole gets all like up in this lady's face. She looks like, why is she dressed like a doctor? This is a school. She's dressed like this is a doctor. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, it seems very doctor office, which is weird. Yeah. Cole's, you know, if I come in here threatening to, you know, like, destroy the world, how long would it take before I got called up? And then <laughs> Leo's just like, come on, don't be a jerk. And then yeah. she just gives him the stink face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's got a third like- eye. Yeah, I, I just noticed that. And Leo's like, come on, buddy, put the belts our way. Let's be a little more cool. Yep. <laughs> All right, next page. Back at the manor for the first time. Uh, we see our three sisters, and Paige is getting ready to go. And one of the sisters says, Leo said it'd be best if we stay together. And Paige is like, bitch, please. I already ditched my new charge for the, le- the leprechauns. I can't shirk all of my responsibilities all the time just because we may be in a possibility of certain death. I mean, come on. And Phoebe's like, she's kind of got a point. And Paige says, whether it's the source, Gexagiel, this Athame thing, are we ever not in mortal danger? And uh, (laughs) Piper, (laughs) I just had a brain fart. Piper says, aren't you just a ray of sunshine? I know, and I have to get to work. But did you see Leo? He's more than a little shaken up about this. I think this time is different. And Paige says, I love you too, gigantic worry warts. I'll be an orb away. And then Piper says, orb safely. <laughs> it's and ugly then, again. Oh, yeah, the blurbs, the blobbles. <laughs> it's like, this is, yeah, a blurble, a blurble. A blurble? <laughs> <laughs> And then a girl after my own heart, Piper says, I need a drink. And then Phoebe says, I need a spa day. And then Piper says, can I get all of the above, actually? <laughs> yes, mama. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so the next page, we see Paige orbing in. Blorbing. To blurbles. Blur- blurbles. Because <laughs> blurbing is black orbing, so it can't be blurbing. It has to be blurbles or blurbles or whatever. Okay, okay. <laughs> blurbles in <laughs> um but she arrives outside of the house of her charge and she goes to the door she's like knock nickety knock knock <laughs> it's a cute little onomatopoeia there uh and then she's like hmm i don't hear anything and then crash she's like oh adel adel what a weird name adel <laughs> Adel, yeah. <laughs> Adel, like, Adel, get, Adel, I made him out of clay. <laughs> exactly. Get that ladle. Oh, hear the crash. And she's like, well, that's not my favorite sound. Let me walk into this house. And she's like, Adel. And then we hear, meow. <laughs> and she, she goes, holy but Jesus. <laughs> I, I love that. Holy but Jesus, Batman. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> 
So we see when Paige enters Adol's house, uh, there's kitties everywhere. And they're not just kitties. They're like cannonball kitties because their lower half is like smoke and they're flying around. (laughs) There's your X-Men reference. Mm -hmm. And uh, Paige says, "Uh, hi, kitties. (laughs) (laughs) They're all over. It's funny. Yeah. One's, oh, I thought one was playing the organ. <laughs> I just saw that. It was like a pipe organ in the middle of the house. <laughs> what is yeah, that? It, it does look like it's playing it, though, huh? <laughs> it's very Aristocats. It is, okay. But then the next page, we see Cole and Leo sitting at the desk, and we hear a voice, and it's Knox talking to them. And he says, I must ask you, Mr. Wyatt, you know that... Knox Academy doesn't meddle in the affairs of good versus evil. Why would you come here if you knew that we don't do that? <laughs> and he's like, Leo goes, well, you helped us before. He's like, but that was when the balance was shifted. And I was helping the world. I don't care about your, your stupid little things. <laughs> it's like, I only care about magic and that's it. And now you're asking me to take us uh, the side of another conflict between the Hallowell family and the underworld, and I cannot help you. Oh. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Rude. And then continued, Cole goes, can't or won't. And Knox says, I can read your heart, Cole, like a book. And he fwooms him. He fires him against a wall. And Cole's <laughs> like, put me the hell down, you decrepit <laughs> and Leo says, what the hell are you doing? And Knox is like, you see this pen? And in the background, Cole's like, I'll rip your damn head off! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Knox continues. He just ignores it. He's like, your friend Belzazar. oh, oopsie, I mean Cole, <laughs> was going to use this pen to... Uh, basically um stab me in the neck if i don't help you he's gonna threaten me rudeness aside that wouldn't be your best move and leo basically says well now his plan doesn't seem so bad after you just flamed him against the wall you (laughs) asshole (laughs) and Knox just in my imagination he puts his hand to his mouth and he goes oh (laughs) and he says oh leo in your avatar days maybe you would frighten me but right now you're just a teddy bear in a flannel (laughs) 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 and he says however were you a clever teddy bear? Maybe you'd make me an offer. <laughs> <laughs> and we see Cole is now like smoking on the floor. Like he's been released. And Knox says, in one month, I will come calling on you and the charmed ones for a favor. You will assist me. No questions asked. <laughs> Ooh, he's so like villainy here. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, This page is actually also going to be our power play moment. Oh. Power play. And today's power. You might have a lot to say about this one, Sean, knowing you're X-Men. 
excavationisms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cross-pollination! <laughs> yes. <laughs> but today's power is telepathy. Oh. Uh, and this is the power to receive and transmit information with one's mind. Telepathy is an umbrella term for any ability that involves projecting, reading, and manipulating thoughts or affecting and interacting with other aspects of the mind. <laughs> We've got a lot to say about this. Okay. So <laughs> there are, are other abilities that fall under telepathy because it is an umbrella term. There's lots of other things that are like adjacent or under it or with it, you know. Uh, but most most of the common abilities would be perceiving the thoughts of others and detecting the presences of other minds. Advanced users can influence or control the minds of others completely uh, and manipulate their thoughts, memories, and emotions at will. And this is something that we talked about in Hang with the Hallowells because it says potentially they even control psychic energy from their telepathic abilities, strengthening their previous powers and may even get new ones so we see duncan tapping into other people's powers and using it and i questioned that if that was how telepathy works but according to the wiki the superhero wiki it does fall under there and can be an aspect of it interesting hmm yeah crazy uh this power can be channeled through the hands eyes or the mind's eye (laughs) most most demonic beings tend to channel through the hands christy would rub her temples too she's like They can project thoughts while reading the other person's mind at the same time. And they can do spidey sense. They can sense danger. Uh, When speaking telepathically, it is possible to even project an image of themselves into the minds of others. So this is very much like Shadow King Astral Plane territory in the X-Men universe. (laughs) (laughs) Litvak did this with Bane, the demon Litvak. He's like, appeared in the mirror, even though he wasn't there. He's like, here I am. Uh, and there are different branches of telepathy. There's pain inducement, where you can use it to induce excruciating mental pain into the mind of another, like the spider demon did to Chris. He's like, oh, I'm dying because it hurts so much from the spider. Well, lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's mind manipulation, where you can implant thoughts or ideas into the minds of victims, causing them to act on thoughts as though they had come from them. So they think it's them making their own thoughts, but it's really not. So it's like you're really, really oh. messing with their mind. Ooh. See, in defense of Cole, that's what Rainer did to Cole to turn him into Balthazar and kill Janna in exit strategy. So, Scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the power manipulation, which you can, there's two parts of it. You can either do the power replication, where you temporarily replicate abilities of others and reproduce them at will, so you get to do it. Or channeling, which enables you to enter people's minds and channel their spells while they're being cast and reap the benefits of their magic. So if someone else is casting a spell, you can take over that spell and have it work for you instead. That's crazy. I'd never heard it like that. Yeah. So telepathy, it's crazy. And then there's different power levels. Basic level, advanced level, expert level, master level, ultimate level and absolute level. And they have all different like radiuses and how grand you can go affect things. I'm not going to go over that all, but you can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There are limitations though. It seems like there's not, but there are. (laughs) So it does not work on corpses, animated objects or robots. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is ineffective against people with psychic shield or 
some kind of immunity or indomitable will, uh, kind of like, you know, Magneto and his helmet, for instance. Nice. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's limited to a certain range or it can include touch limited to a certain number of targets at a time. Uh, it could be confusing. You might not be able to interpret the data or might be you might interpret something wrong. And you also could be hijacked by by higher users of it. So if you're you're a telepath and there's another telepath who's stronger than you, you can be overpowered by that telepath. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so that's could be a weakness too. So yeah, interesting. Interesting. Telepathy. Oh. <laughs> so we cut to this page, and this is the only time Prue appears in this comic, I believe. But she is in her castle in the Nexus. She's walking down these beautiful grand staircase, but they, they don't go anywhere. They cut off at the bottom and they're floating. Uh, but we see in the, we see in like formerly the page before it says, do we have a deal? So Nox is like, do we have a deal? Um, but here uh, Prue's walking down and she's crying. She's got tears down her face as she walks down the stairs. And then she sits at the bottom of the stairs and her feet are dangling over the sky. It's really beautiful. Starry night. She puts her hands into her face and she just cries these tears and we see her tattoos and it says one will die and one will rise. Oh! Oh! What does this mean? Right. So uh, provocative this scene. Mm-hmm. So we return to Paige who is uh, balls deep in this cat house. And she says, okay, okay, yeah, I love you both, too. Or I love you guys, too. Because all the cats seem to want her attention, as cats will do. One's even, like, sitting on her shoulder. Except for <laughs> this little bitchy cat that's like, hiss. And she's like, I'm <laughs> right there with you, buddy. <laughs> and she picks up a book that says Egyptian Mythology. And she goes, uh, oh, oh, hey, now. Well, and huh. That is a thought because the book says, reveal your true self. So she thinks she thinks she knows what happened here. I think the Egyptian mythology is on top and then she moves it over and then there's the other book underneath. I think that's. What oh, yeah, it is. she does. OK, but I was very reminded of our Shadow of the Sphinx episode with the kitties and the Egyptians. And ooh. I'm put a pin in that. I'm saving that for canonical. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so then the next page, it's Paige still doing with the kit kitties, and she's like, "Okay, everybody, come to Pagey." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she holds her hands out and trying to get the cats to come to her, and they all stare at her like, "Bitch, no!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know what you're we're talking cats, about. It's not dogs. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm gonna come to you when I want to come to you. When if you want me to come to you like this, that's not how it works. <laughs> and she's like, "Dang!" <laughs> <laughs> but then we see she looks down and she sees one of the cats, one of the kitties, um, like playing with her shoelace. She's like, "I want this shoelace." And she's like, "Hmm." <laughs> so then Paige takes out her shoelace, and suddenly all the cats are like dang (laughs) (laughs) and then Paige holds it up and she's like ah yeah I know you want this (laughs) (laughs) and all at once all the cats like (laughs) race towards her and she's like couldn't just be easy could you as she blurbles all the cats out with her 
<laughs> so then we see uh, Piper with her drink. <laughs> <laughs> and Phoebe's walking in on the phone. She's like, okay, honey, thank you. Thank you. Um, and she's like, Coop's on his way back. Um, and, you know, Henry is with the kids at Cupid's Temple. He's watching them instead because Coop says he heard the ancient anthony word. And he's like, oh, bitch, I need to come down there right now. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, I'm not a fighter, but I need to stick around because this is serious. And then Piper's like, if this is such a legend, how come we've never heard about it? And then Phoebe's just like, Coop is fucking old, so he knows a lot. And <laughs> he's even older than Leo, so yeah. I went. <laughs> we have a thing for older, older men, don't we? <laughs> it's really sick. <laughs> like, oh my god, I love that. Um, and then Piper's like, in any case, I can't help but laugh picturing Henry in Cupid's temple because he's just sitting there with the Cupid burgers and little babies. Yeah. But then we hear, Crash meow, crash me! Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Piper and Phoebe go up to the attic and Paige is sitting there, you know, surrounded by cats, some of them flying, and she just casually goes, Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and Phoebe goes, Hi. And Paige is all excited. She's like, I can explain, kind of, I think. I went to give Adol his lesson, and we've been working on bringing out his inner power so he can control it, right? And uh, Piper's like, I'm not seeing much control right now, gotta be honest. And Paige is like, well, I was late, obviously, and his family spell book was already open. It seems he did a spell to reveal his true self. And I love this. Phoebe goes, so his true self is actually adorable little kitty cat? That's the cutest thing ever. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Paige is like, well, I have a theory. And uh, (laughs) she's like, I think Adel is the cats. But I'm not sure if we could just reverse this uh, little spell he made because it's the... He had a textbook of Egyptian mythology over the um, spell that he did to reveal himself. So I think it mixed together and it's going to take a little bit um, more than just a regular spell. We need a power of three spell. And then we see the downstairs with all the cats walking around. And Piper's like, you never do a spell while cramming for a test. Didn't anybody ever teach him that? <laughs> like, Paige, it's your job. And she's like, yes, I did teach him that. <laughs> but she's like, Paige is like, so Adel had cats on the brain when he did the true self spell. Or somebody's saying that. Maybe it's Piper. I don't know who's saying it. Phoebe? They're, they're in the background. It was one of them. <laughs> oh, I guess it's Piper because she has the drink. So Piper okay, yeah. is drinking. And she's like, so Adel must have had cats on the brain when he cast the spell. And then Paige is like, well, at least he's not a mummy. (laughs) (laughs) And then Phoebe is like, well, cats are cuddlier. But no, that's problematic. Off you. Get off my stuffs. (laughs) Off off of my table. (laughs) And then we see Cole and Leo arrive. And Cole's like, we got a problem. Where did you get all these cats? And then we see... um... It's rhyme time, Kevin. Should we try a spell? Why not? Let's try a spell. In the wind, I send this rhyme. Bring death before me, before my time. You've really got to lay off the rhyming group. 
rhyme time so it says every separate piece of you each essential to the core the power of three releases you become a boy once more and all the spirit cats come together like power ranger style to form the megazord which is adol and then he (laughs) says whoa whoa (laughs) whoa (laughs) and i was so like I was so sad by the way Ada looks. He looks so just like slovenly and gross. He looks like I don't know. What's his face from Toy Story? Sid, I was thinking that Sid. too. <laughs> he looks like Sid. Yeah. And then he says, I'm so oh wait, I'm gonna he's a teenager. I'm gonna give him a voice. I'm so sorry about that. Are you gonna tell my mom? And Paige says, considering the state of your house, I figure you're in trouble enough. Go clean, go. (laughs) Hey, Paige, I really need your help, okay? I feel the magic changing inside of me, changing myself. I tried to do the spell because, you know, I don't really know who I am, who I'm supposed to be, I guess. And she says, yeah, yeah, of course. I went through the same thing with uh, less fur. I'm here for you, Adol. So that's where my canonical is going to come in. And she says, as he's leaving, she's like, are you okay? Because he's coughing. K-O-F-F. (laughs) K-O-F-F. Like the Pokemon. Coughing. (laughs) Coughing. Coughing. (laughs) When I was younger, we used to think he was saying coffee and that he was pouring coffee out. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I think I have a hairball. And Paige goes, yikes. (laughs) Like totally zoinks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh no, Scooby-Doo! <laughs> yeah. So then, we cut to the next page. And I, I gotta say, I think there was a jump between those two pages we just covered. Because Freeze is like, when did you get all these cats? And all of a sudden, they're doing the spell. So time yeah. had to pass. Plus, plus Coop is there now, all of a sudden, sitting on the couch. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if they, like, if when Pat Shand was writing, he did have stuff to fill the in cut. these blanks, but he had to cut stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah, it just feel like a quick jump. Yeah. Uh, but then the next page, we you see Paige go, man, I feel bad. <laughs> he could have really used that lesson today. <laughs> Cole's just like, we got more important things to deal with. Then Cooper's like, or is it Phoebe? I can't tell. Maybe it's Phoebe. She's like, Cole, what are you doing? He's like, listen to me. Until, until today, we had rumors about the ancient Ethime. But today, I learned things. Years ago. The source told his inner circle that an upper-level demon was after the ancient Athame, and that demon was the source's right-hand man, closest thing that the bastard ever had to a friend. But he had him executed. Even the most powerful demons are so scared of oblivion that they will kill their friends. And being vanquished and sent to the wasteland is terrible, but it's nothing compared to have your soul destroyed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we went to see Nox, and he couldn't tell us about the Athame, but he does know. He says that there are very few that know how to activate it, and he knows about it. <laughs> That's yeah. Now. So on the next page, we see Cole and Leo are back with Nox, and Cole is showing, or Leo is showing a piece of the wall from where the knife was thrown at him, and he says, "This is a piece of the wall where the Athame hit." 
And Nox says, hmm, it seems to indeed be affected by great magic. However, if this weapon is truly the ancient Athame, it is inactive. Who was he trying to kill when the blade hit the wall? And Cole says, me. And Leo says the activation ritual is, of course, one of blood. The blood of he who would wield the blade. And we see uh, Valin, right? Valin. Mm -hmm. He's holding the shillelagh as he's cutting his arm. And Leo says the blood of a witch. And we see a witch on the ground with uh, Valin about to kill her. And then it says, this is the darkest panel in this whole comic book. <sighs> the blood of an innocent. And Valen is standing with a mallet, a wooden mallet. Holy shit. With this super evil look on his face as he's about to, I'm presuming, hit an old man with a cane over the head and like bludgeon him to death. I think it's the yeah, shillelagh. Oh, it is. You're right. It is the shillelagh. Yeah, mallet shillelagh. <laughs> He's going to use the shillelagh to kill someone. That's crazy. An old man, a crippled old man. <laughs> yeah. And then Leo finishes by saying, and lastly, the blood of a being that straddles, straddles the bridge between life and death. One who defies mortality. And Cole says, like me. <laughs> so, yeah, it needs three, four things to activate it. That's crazy. Blood, blood, yeah. blood, blood. But <laughs> With he's already got blood. yeah. But he's already got three out of the four that he needs to activate the thing. Mm -hmm. So then we see Coop say, "If Cole's the last thing he's after, that means he already did everything else." Yeah, and Phoebe's like, "So what would the Shillelagh have to do with anything? Why would they need these magical artifacts?" And Cole says, "And this is my explanation that I wasn't sure about last time." That to harness something as powerful as the ancient Athame, a nobody like him would need power. Otherwise, just touching the blade would consume his essence already. He would he'd lose his soul just from touching it. So you have to be strong enough to wield it too. And Leo's like, yeah, demons will often use bad will from corrupting pure magical items as a temporary surge. So they're using the shillelagh and kind of like corrupting its magic and using that to power them up, boost their power. And so Hepper's like, so you just have to make sure he doesn't get to Cole and we're safe, right? And Cole's like, well, there are there are other beings. I'm, there aren't many between life and death. And I think there's a lot more than you think, Cole. I mean, as yeah. much as I've seen, there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, yeah, I'm definitely not the only one. He can go after somebody else. So, mm. Yeah, so we cut to a scene where a car has been in an accident. It's flipped on its, uh, it's upside down. There's smoke coming out of it. And Cole finishes his thought saying, for all we know, he's activating the blade as we speak. And a lady all in white says, what, what's going on? Where am I? Is, is that my car? And a man shows up behind her in the shadows. And she's, oh, oh, no, no, no. My baby, Ellie, she was in the car seat. She... And the figure says, your baby is fine, not a scratch. Your husband is on the way to the hospital to bring her home. And the lady says, what What about about me? So did you get what was happening here right away? Or not, not right away, but I did it on the next page. I thought this was Valen approaching the lady. Like either she was uh, the person he was trying to kill or maybe like her being in between death was like the key. 
but the minute it went to the next page, I realized what was happening. Yeah. So the next page is, has this beautiful picture of the angel of death, our Simon Templeman. Yay! His beautiful presence, his, his uh, I don't know, it's just a beautiful force. He says, come walk with me, Faith. And then, <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, are you? I'm not ready. I still haven't. She puts her hand to her face and she's like in tears and she's so nervous. And then he puts his he puts his hand on her shoulder and he's like, young or old, happy or tortured, death comes for everyone. Oh. And then we see on the next page that uh, this lady's essence has been fulfilled. She's raising up to go to heaven. And uh, death tells her, if I've, if I've learned anything, I don't remember his voice well enough to do it. <laughs> if I've learned anything in my endless years, it's this. It is what people do in the face of death that defines them. Guess it's time to find out who... Oh, this is somebody else in the background. Mm-hmm. Guess it's time to find out who I am then. And death is like, how can you see me? It's not your time. And the figure says, yeah. As he stabs him, he shanks him in the side, Kevin. Yeah. This is our death. This is our Simon. Our Simon. And, and then the last page says... It really is as he walks away and the angel of death is like holding himself and he's kind of like fizzling. He's going to death burgering a little bit uh, <laughs> and very ominous. So, yeah. So this is our character between life and death that he's using instead. Yeah. Crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, and that's the end. <laughs> yep. I I have something to read here too, because I asked Simon Templeman to come on this podcast for this episode, and he's not obviously, but uh, <laughs> he did send me an email. So I'm going to read the email he sent to me because it's like he talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> it says, "Kevin, thank you for your interest in Charmed and the Angel of Death. I am taking a break from socials and associated podcast, but wishing you all the best." Regards, Simon Templeman. What a nice man. At least, like, he gave you he a responded. sweet <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, most people would just be like, nope, not, not, not responding to that. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny, too, because he plays such almost like a dark character on Charmed. And I've long had this theory that some of the people who play the dark characters are the nicest people. And this kind of proves it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, what are your overall thoughts? Um, I'm going to tell my little story real quick. I know you've heard it, but the thing that really I really liked about this comic is these kind of ghost cats, because for years I would see a cat out of the corner of my eye or I would sense a cat laying with me. And I always thought like, oh, it's my cat Harley. But then I'd see her across the room and my boyfriend came over one day and was like, just, you know, off the shoulder. Did you know you have a spirit of a cat following you? <laughs> I was like, you see it too? So um, I really like this idea of like spirit cats in this comic. It's fine. Nice. Cool. <clears throat> Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. I wasn't sure. I was sure if you were telling a story and then going into it or if that was it. <laughs> um, so for me, this issue had a lot of narrative between the lines characters were saying things and events were happening 
but I find that the real compelling parts were the implications of what's not being said and the clues that were given. That's what makes this a really smart issue because I've, you know, what does Knox all know? What are his motives? How does he know about this ancient anthem stuff? Um, and why is Cole so angry and fearful? What do Prue's tattoos mean? What is she thinking? Why is she crying? You know, I, there's a lot of things under the surface that I think make this very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, Paige's charge of the cute cats is, is wonderful too. But again, this is a, a boy who's trying to figure out who he is. And maybe there's more to his story. Uh, and I... Uh, when it, there, near the end, I got a little emotional too, because it made me wonder. Like, so, so you're someone in the face of death, you know what what you do in the face of death that defines you. And I'm thinking about like, my mom was all by her alone. Like, what was she worried? What she had regrets? Was she nervous? Like, I don't know what she was thinking in her last moments. And so. It's it's scary because she and she was all by herself in her room in her house, and so I get a little nervous and a little sad about that. But otherwise, yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> 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 Try not to cry; it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I know um, when my best friend's mother passed, my friend got kind of a feeling that her mom knew because that weekend she went and visited everybody she knew like before it happened. And then with my uncle just passing also of diabetes, my aunt was telling me her very emotional story of finding him dead in the bed the next day. And she said one thing that was weird the night before is that she heard him talking in his sleep. She thought he was talking to her. He was saying, uh, am I going to die? Does this mean I'm going to die? And he was just saying that as he was sleeping and then he woke up dead. So I like to imagine your mom probably had a similar experience where she kind of knew and she was at peace with it. Like my uncle was. So um, if that offers you anything, that's, that's my head cannon. Yeah. I think she, cause she was aware before she didn't tell us about the diabetes, but she was certainly aware. And the first person she came to was my little nephew and probably to, reassure him because she was worried how he would take it as a little kid and mm-hmm. but yeah um so yeah and the ending of this was super crazy too definitely a blow your mind moment uh next is put that in my canonical hat canonical Ooh, anything do i get to say mine do i get to say mine go ahead go ahead so this isn't like egregious to me. I just think it would have added to like the lore. But the the panel where um, Adel is like, I tried to do the spell because you know I don't really know who I'm, who I am, who I'm supposed to be. I guess. And Paige answers, Yeah, yeah, of course. I went through the same thing with a uh, less fur. I'm here for you, Adel. Um, she did go through something similar with fur though in Shadow of the Sphinx, which was our book, Kevin. <laughs> I know. I wonder if that's supposed to call back to it. I don't know. But still. And I mean, I understand the books. Like, that would be a deep cut if Pat had also read all the books and was able to tie back to them. Yeah. But, like, it would have added something if he was able to. It would have. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think it's just, I wonder if he, they were, I wonder what they're really referring to then, if they're not referring yeah. to the book. So here's my stuff Leo says that they don't keep information about an ancient weapon. In the student library. 
But isn't that exactly where they found information on the Imperial Sword? It is. So, um, liar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Piper tells Paige, aren't you just a ray of sunshine? Which is similar to what she called Father Thomas in Primrose Impact. She's like, well, you're just a ray of sunshine now, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Here, it's uh, talked about, too, how Cole said that the wasteland sucks, but losing your, your soul is worse. Demons do not have souls. But they do have an existence, so I'm thinking they're just referring to whatever that demon's essence is made of. For me, it's more like the powers, like the powers they possess is that essence, um, and that's what's destroyed. There's just the whole being is destroyed. So they're equivalent, even though they don't have souls. I have questions to ponder, too, about the Angel of Death. Okay. Does the Angel of Death bleed? I was under the impression that he couldn't bleed because he's like a ghost, like a ghostly kind of figure, wispy figure. I didn't think he could bleed. Um, so that's one thing, but I guess he does in this. Um, so he's stabbed by the ancient Athame. That's supposed to take, a, you know, eradicate a person's being. Of course, his soul was used to activate the blade. So I don't think he is gone. Because for me, I feel like you need to be stabbed twice. You need to, you need to stab once to activate it, and then you have to be stabbed again to destroy the soul. That's a good point. Unless counter, if when it's stabbed into him and activates, and it causes him to disappear, since it's activated on the at way the out. point that it enters him, right? So eh, it could go either way. We'll see. But yeah. if the angel of death destroyed, doesn't that stop people from dying again? I know. I thought of that too. But then I thought there was a second angel of death. So how many angel of deaths are there? I'm convinced that 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 Clarence angel of death is one of a special case because he was dealing with people that haven't been born yet, the death of people who haven't been born yet. That's and right. he has to work within that territory. He can't really cross into regular death. Okay. So, okay. I'll go with that. So there's, there's some things that repercussions of what this could mean now. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Next is tips for future white lighters. Oh, really just messengers guides. Think of us as guardian angels for good witches. Tips for future white I was out being a force of good in the universe. So mine is along the lines of uh, there's always consequences with magic. So like we just talked about killing the angel of death for your own gains it's going to cause big consequences. And even with Adel and like finding his true nature spell, like if you're not careful with magic, there's going to be unforeseen consequences. So I'm like, I'm kind of the extreme. I'm trying to break out of it. I'm trying to do more magic kind of stuff, but I'm too afraid to because of consequences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I haven't done it in a while, but I do like doing magic-y stuff. I do take um, protection protocols when I do th- certain things, though. And there are ways to do that. There's, like, you know, magical um, safeguards. There we go. Safeguards. Okay. So my tip is, because I don't agree with what what I said in this comic. It says, it's how you act in the face of death that defines you. I don't agree with that. I believe 
It's how you lived, how you were loved. You know, it doesn't matter if you were happy or if you were suffering or how much or how little you accomplished. What defines you is how the living remember you. It's kind of what you talked to me about your, your uncle. <laughs> um, it's how the living will remember you. It's how you re- reacted to what life threw at you. And when death comes, it's just a fact of what you knew is over. That's really it. But what you left behind is what defines you. So, and even if it seems like you haven't left much, if you leave this world content with the content of your character, that too is telling and worth something. Um, And that's something that to be proud of. And I don't know. (laughs) No, I like that. It's true. Cause especially what I shared with you, I won't get too into it, but seeing the items at my uncle's like celebration of life on the table that represented his life, I was like, condiments trump memorabilia and heavy metal cds i'm like is this really a legacy like (laughs) i hope when i die like i'm remembered for more than the president i liked the music i liked and the condiments i liked (laughs) yeah yeah so uh, things to think about next is ooh onomatopoeia what's your favorite (laughs) one of those um obviously it's gonna be knock nickety knock like that's not even a sound that should be made but it's so cute <laughs> it was super cute i was i was leading to do that uh, i just did the because it's cats <laughs> yeah i was close to that one <laughs> okay next is most valuable panel so i'm gonna say i've been like Going back and forth on both most sexy and most valuable, I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the return of Simon Simon Templeman because like that's so exciting that we get him we get more of a story in the comic even if it's just for him to get shanked real quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, my most valuable panel is the one of Death being stabbed um, because it's an, an immediate shock. It's an immediate what the fuck. And it really is that sudden hook. You're like, I need to read the next one now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next is sexiest drawing. So I went with sexy more about like exciting sexy than like, oh, I want to fuck that sexy. Um, it's something you mentioned, too. It's Prue sitting on the steps with her face in her hands. Just because you're right, like, I want to know what's going on with Prue now. This is so exciting. Like, she's really upset about something. Um, I take it she knows what's going to happen because of the tattoos showing up. She kind of knows where the future is going. But this is crazy. I want to know more here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So much to unpack. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, My sexist drawing is fuck me, daddy, Satan in the shirt and tie. I just just love it so much. (laughs) 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 all right next is issue ranking would this be magically delicious pretty witching a sorcerer's apprentice disenchanting or vanquishable um this one to me is very much like a a transitory like setup comic like we didn't have a whole lot of action but we have story i'm gonna say pretty witching because there's nothing bad about it but there's nothing like big that was super exciting either yeah, I agree. I think it's a pretty witch in. It's a beautiful issue. And I do love all the subtext that's in there that I talk. I do think it's a very smart issue. Um, but there's nothing that's really bold and in your face. It's really set in the groundwork of what's to come. Yeah. 
All right. So now we have P is for Poe. <laughs> Piper. You mean it's, it's just you and Prue, huh? Phoebe? Phoebe, you there? And a big hello to you too, Penny. Come on, Patty. The rest is up to them. Paige. My name is Paige. Hmm. Another P, imagine that. P is for Paul. This is a fun one. Okay. So you get four options. It's who is your favorite black cat in media? <laughs> oh. So mine better be on there. We have Cosmic Creepers from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. <laughs> okay. We have Salem Saberhagen from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Okay. okay. We have Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus. Okay. And Luna from Sailor Moon. Oh, damn you. You put Luna and Binks. Oh, but <laughs> the one that immediately came to mind, which I was going to reprimand you if it wasn't on there, but I figured it would, is Binks. Binks is like the ultimate black cat of media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that's that's my that's my choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'm looking at three of those that actually talk. <laughs> three of those cats. I think about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just Cosmic Creepers just makes a lot of scary sounds. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay, cool. So, Sean, tell us what's next. Next up, we see this very pretty picture of Piper, and she's making a light with her hand, it looks like. And there's all these hands, like, trying to grab at her. Well, it is Holly Marie Combs. She's very beautiful, so I'd want to grab at her, too. <laughs> um, it's called Charmed Assault. The Charmed Ones race into their final battle with Valen, and when all is said and done, their lives will be forever changed. Plus, Phoebe plus Cole equals question, question, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? We're only on the issue four. It says the final battle. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that. I was like, already? <laughs> so like, obviously it's going to unlock something else. Something else is going to yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> cool well that's it then where can people find you uh you can find me uh this week we did a episode on once upon a cult of one taste the one i was telling you last week where uh people were encouraged to sleep with other co-workers that they didn't like so it's a very interesting <laughs> episode about consent and you know being in a group like that um, you could also find me on Marvelous Galaxy of Disney, where we talk uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, amongst other news. Or you can find my book on Amazon, which is Brew A Dream of Waking. We also have Sean and I on Solving for X, <laughs> where we <laughs> just covered Nightcrawler and One Man's Worth, some wonderful, big, happy episodes of goodness. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, and then you can follow this podcast at Words of the Witches on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Words of Witches on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week for Charmed Assault. And uh, <laughs> I can't wait. Thanks for listening, Spellwriters. Your destiny still awaits. <laughs> <laughs>